it might be time to sell when you start to see this saturation, when you start to see that my vacancy rates are going up. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is gonna be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you wanna get into commercial real estate, this conference is for you. And the best part about the North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are gonna be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out, I'll see you there. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer. With me, as always, Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Todd? Doing excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so what's new, Matt? Uh, nothing's really new from this past week, I suppose. Um, you know, still working on my book, making progress. How about yourself? Uh, well, I've just got, uh, found out I got uh, several deals rejected. Uh, oh. That's always the case, so... You know, got to keep on putting offers in there. Got to keep on pushing through. I had one that was a, an off-market deal, um, and it was completely off-market here for a while. Uh, but the seller had a broker, a couple brokers that started uh, talking to them, uh, talking to him, and told them they could get a lot higher price uh, for his building. Convinced him that they could get the, uh, the guy like $10 million for his building. Um, and it was a very distressed asset, kind of not a typical asset that I would look at, but, uh, it, we were hoping to get it for a great deal. Uh, ended up then allowing these two brokers to kind of shop it around and see what they could get. Um, and so we still thought we were going to be competitive and we were, uh, we were actually not quite as high on, or we were higher on price than the, the highest offer or the, the offer that got accepted. Um, but they were all cash and closing in less than 30 days. And so ultimately he decided to take that because time was of the essence. Um, and so, so that was one deal. It was off market, but then kind of turned on market and it wasn't fully able to be marketed because he only gave these brokers, uh, I think it was less than two weeks. I think it was like 10 days to find a, to find a buyer. So, uh, then the next one was a fully marketed deal. Um, and again, got beat out on that one just by a little bit. And the main reason why we got beat out on that was because of, uh, they were offering more earnest money and more earnest money hard on day one than we were. So, you know, cash can, uh, cash can persuade. It doesn't necessarily always price can be terms. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily, like I said, I mean, the other deal, we weren't even, we were higher. They, they weren't even the highest price and ended up going with them because they were all cash closing. Um, you know, and, and then the next deal was the earnest money being hard. So, um, but 
you also have to decide is the risk of putting up the capital also worth it for one we didn't have that purchase price we didn't have that in cash that we felt like we could close in in 30 days we need to do our raise and we didn't feel comfortable with that and then the, the next one earnest money hard uh, day one i'm okay with that but on this property uh, there was still some unknowns that we wanted to really dig into. And so I wasn't okay with it on this deal. So it really depends on the deal and if we go earnest money or, or not hard. So Sounds like it's a matter of finding out what the seller wants and needs and what motivates them and then helping them uh, meet those needs. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, right. And some of it's just price. I mean, so that that's obviously everybody's need is price still. Um, but if, the price is fairly close, then they're going to look at other things. And so, so yeah, I got uh, those two and I actually had another one rejected as well that I kind of didn't expect to be even in contention. We were in the highest or final best and final. Um, but, uh, we, we definitely didn't get it from there. Uh, we, we definitely weren't the highest. So Interest rates are rock bottom. People are aggressive. Um, uh, you know, this coronavirus, I think right now is pushing people into multifamily and into commercial real estate. They think it's a kind of a safe haven. We'll see if that continues, uh, depending on what this coronavirus actually does personally. Uh, and I'm not an expert, so this is just my opinion. Uh, but I've read or heard from a couple experts, uh, doctors who say that it's a seasonal thing, just like the normal flu. And that likely by, you know, April to June, it'll pretty much, you know, go away and be become dormant. So if that's the case, then it's not as big as what, you know, CNN would like us to believe. Um, well, you know, I guess time will tell you, it's, you got to take it serious, obviously, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big into fear mongering and panic. And the market is definitely panicking or the stock market rather is panicking. Well, the market's very big into fear, fear mongering and panic. And that always has been, and which is one reason I'm not a huge fan of the stock market. I do have money in the stocks and, um, but I'm not a big fan of that overreaction one way or the other. And today, as we're talking, I mean, the market is way overreacting. Uh, it's way, way down. Um, and maybe it's not overreacting. Maybe it's just reacting, reacting the right way. But in my opinion, it's way overreacting. I mean, it's just like, it's panic. And then, and then uh, uh, probably in a couple of days, if not tomorrow, all of a sudden the market will be up by 5%. Uh, so it's, it's like a freaking yo-yo and it drives me a little crazy. Uh, it's not for me, but uh, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money in it too. So I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's just not for me. Yeah, we both prefer the predictability of real estate. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's, you know, kind of the theme of the show uh, is, is real estate. And so obviously we prefer that over the others. And I'm not sitting here telling people, don't go, don't go and invest in stocks. It's crazy because whatever. I'm not, I, I, people, people also say that to get the fear mongering going on and get the ratings. Uh, but, you know. It's just not my style. That's all. All right. Well, uh, with that said, why don't we talk about a little bit more about real estate, uh, specifically uh, A class, B class, C class. 
and uh, how they're doing in the market, especially with all the development that's going on. Yeah, well, yeah. So I want to talk specifically about development because a lot of markets are having a lot of development going on. Minneapolis has a decent amount of of development going on. And I'm actually looking uh, very seriously at a development project and strategically partnering with a successful developer um, on a project. Uh, But when we look at stuff like that, we have to look at what the current inventory is out there what currently was built and we have to also look at what's coming up on the pipeline in the next uh in this year and the next year and to be able to determine well what's our absorption going to be and can it handle it and we have to dive in we have to look at the the, the market as kind of a whole because we've got the twin cities but we also have to really dive in in the micro level uh, because the majority of our buildings that have been built specifically have been in one neighborhood uh, in Minneapolis, it's called the North Loop. That's where a large, large portion of our units have been built. And so if we're not in that neighborhood, it's going to affect us differently, right? It's still inventory is inventory. There's only so much that the market can handle. So we do have to be concerned about that. But but we, if we're in a, in a city, in a, you know, the Twin Cities is big, and this is the case with Dallas Phoenix and, you know, markets, I mean, name a market that's, you know, got a population of a million people or more. This is the case. You're going to have suburbs or even other large cities. We have St. Paul, Minneapolis and St. Paul. They're two totally different cities. And you're going to have different uh, flow of inventory coming into both of those. And same thing with the suburbs. So we've got to really be coming, really dialing into this micro level more than the city as a whole, uh, or the state as a whole. Some people go, what's the best state for me to invest in? Well, I don't know. I mean, geez, that's a, that's a totally, we can't, we can't tell you what state to invest in. Well, how about the city? And then how about within the city? What's the best city within that city? And what's the best little sub market within the city? Um, so there's a lot to really look at and dive into to determine if we're oversaturated or not. Um, and then with that, what I wanted to talk about is the difference between A, B, and C and how these are going to get affected with the oversaturation, potential oversaturation. Well, let's start with uh, defining A versus B and C uh, so our listeners know uh, who haven't heard already. Yeah, real quick. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because uh, we have covered this, but A, a class is going to be your, your high end. Um, you know, apartments, pretty new built, uh, or very newly renovated and good neighborhood, uh, with kind of higher paying jobs, typically higher, higher incomes, uh, are living in that area. So it's, it's your, it's your quote unquote wealthy kind of neighborhood, um, or trendy neighborhood. So though that's a class, typically newly built properties built within the last 10 years or so, 15. Um, and then you've got a B class, B class is your kind of your uh, working class, more upper middle class, middle class. Um, and that stuff is built, you know, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it's a little bit older. Um, it's been maybe renovated if it's built like 30, 40 years ago, those could still be B class cause you've got B class neighborhoods. Uh, and we're specifically talking right now about, um, 
I guess, be more over neighborhoods. Uh, we could be talking about property types too, but uh, you've got your, your B class neighborhoods that are, you know, properties typically new, newer renovated, uh, good condition, and then income level is kind of more on the moderate side. Um, and then you've got the C class, and those are typically older buildings, you know, 1970s, 1960s, um, you know, maybe, maybe even older, sometimes remodeled, sometimes not. Uh, and then, you know, your tenant base is that uh, kind of that lower uh, income bracket, uh, not necessarily low, low income. Um, it might have some of that mixed in there. Uh, so some kind of section eight type of uh, programs mixed in, um, but they're also typically working class, um, just more of your, um, you know, more of your jobs that are uh, labor type jobs, uh, you know, uh, Think, think like custodians and you know people that are making under let's call it fifty thousand a year um, are going to be maybe even B class and fifty but forty thousand a year in that C class range and of course you've got D class and D class is um, you know low income uh, high, typically high crime um, very rundown buildings oftentimes um, kind of more of your 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 poor um, that can't afford anything better uh, than that. So that's kind of your kind of your breakdown. You've got B class neighborhoods. You've got B class properties, and those might be different. You could have a, a B class property in an A class neighborhood and do a nice remodel, and then all of a sudden that's an A class. Sure. And uh, how much um, A? How many A properties are being built right now? Is it, a, is it a lot? Is it a little? Yeah, I mean that that's what's being built is almost exclusively a class. And so we are expected in 2020 to see a, see the largest amount of inventory put on the market in multifamily uh, in our history. So we're expected to see more multifamily this year than we've ever seen before. Um, and we've already seen a substantial amount of inventory in 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019. So we've already been seeing a good amount of inventory. And now again, this is market by market, a market like, um, I don't know, uh, called Detroit, probably isn't seeing nearly as much inventory um, as it's seen in the past, but you've got to look at you know, where Detroit is and might Detroit might even still be oversaturated. You know, I, I don't know anything about that market. Um, but you've got like a Dallas that has seen crazy numbers. I mean, just last year, they they developed and put in over 30,000 units into the market. Uh, this year, they're expected to even go higher than that. And a market like Dallas-Fort Worth is seen, kind of already seeing some of the pressure. I mean, they're at like an eight and a half percent vacancy rate. Uh, consider that to the Twin Cities and we're, we're at a, like a 4.4 or something, I think right around 4.4% vacancy rate. I'm not saying Dallas is a terrible market. I'm not trying to pick on Dallas because quite frankly, it's probably still a pretty good market. But you've got to be really aware of the inventory and what's, what's that going to do to the overall market could it put a lot of sideways pressure on it? And again, I don't study Dallas, so I don't want to say Dallas is, is bad, but 
we might have that. What is that? So, so as I just said, we're at, Dallas is at like eight and a half, uh, maybe even higher than that vacancy rate. But that's Dallas-Fort Worth. That's a big market. Is the vacancy rate huge in certain areas and really small in others? You know, you might have other areas within that market, certain areas that are at 3% vacancy rates, 2% vacancy rates. And, and you can't, I mean, there's, there's nothing available for these tenants. And then you might have these other areas that are at 15 to 20% vacancy rates where there's just, they can't get enough tenants into these buildings. So you've got to kind of juggle it and look at, well, what, again, dive into the micro levels. How else does this influx of A-class uh, units impact a market? Uh, well, you know, look, I, I want to talk about how it affects different, these different classes, right? So you've got A-class, B-class, C-class. Those are different tenants. So I'm not going to have a C-class tenant is not going to move into an A-class unless a, a major thing changes, right? They get some, a big windfall of money. They get a, a really big raise. Uh, you know, they get a, a totally different job. You know, something completely changes. Then they might move up to B-class or even A-class if that's possible. But typically, we're not seeing that. And typically, your A-class is not moving down to B-class or C-class. Your A-class tenants expect A-class, and that's what they want. And if things get a little tight for them, they're going to find a roommate, and that's about it. Um, so so they, they typically will stay A-class. There is, again, there's some movement, but not a lot. Uh, so how is this going to affect those different classes? Well, in the short term, it's going to affect A-class the most, right? Because we've got only A-class inventory coming in. And that means if we get oversaturated, A-class is going to get affected. You're fighting for these A-class tenants. You're going to be offering concessions and, and doing things to get new tenants in and steal from other buildings. And so everybody's going to be, you know, you've got the, Wow, this is a really sweet building. It was just built. It's it's gorgeous, and I'm gonna move from my building that might be new, but it's not quite as amazing as this one. And guess what? I get to pay less rent there, or I get you know two months free, or you know whatever it is. And so we're gonna end up seeing some of that transfer back and forth. But what that does is creates every building to have higher vacancy, at least within that micro uh, level. Um, so in, in short term, it's going to affect a class in the long term, it's going to affect all classes in my opinion. Um, because you're going to see, you know, rents as this gets affected, people need occupancy. So if we're at 80%, we're not making money. Well, I, I would rather be at, at, you know, 80% great, but we might have to drop our rents enough to be able to get some of these B class tenants to move into our building. And then B class is going to feel that same pressure. They're going to have to drop their rents enough to get some of these C class tenants into their building. And C class, well, they're going to drop enough to maybe get some D class tenants in there, but uh, they don't really want those because they don't pay uh, potentially. So C class is actually probably gets affected. Um, I, I don't want to say more uh, because they're probably not losing as many tenants into the B class, but everybody gets affected in the long term. It's it's not good for any of those classes. Now again, we got to look at we're we're looking at a micro level, not a macro level. Uh, so 
if the overbuilding has been done in the north loop of Minneapolis and you've got a property that's in, um, you know, Woodbury, which is 20 miles away, that's not going to get affected like the north loop, right? That might be completely insulated, in fact, from that. So you've got to dig in and see where that inventory is. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is gonna be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you wanna get into commercial real estate, this conference is for you. And the best part about the North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are gonna be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out, I'll see you there. And how can the investors handle uh, these impacts? Um, well, first of all, don't build if, if the inventory is not going to be able to keep up. Uh, second of all, if you own already and you're seeing that building coming in and you, you, you're paying attention to the market, it might be time to sell, right? It might be time to get out while it's hot because when people are building, that means the, the, the thought of that market is that, man, things are going to go up forever, right? And so you, it might be time to sell when you start to see this saturation, when you start to see that my vacancy rates are going up. Yeah, I just talked to somebody who was actually in the market that I've mentioned, the North Loop, and he just had a couple condos in there. Um, but seeing the same thing, just harder to rent these places out. Well, it's time to sell. It's time to sell. Once you start seeing that it's really affecting your bottom line in a negative way, uh, and for a sustained period of time and new building is still going on, that's, that means it's time to probably look at exiting and getting into a different sub-market that's maybe not so hot. Um, now, if you're a builder, well, you've got to really pay attention to what's going on, what the absorption rates are. And is this really make sense to continue to build in this one sub-market? When eventually there's going to be the last one in, right? And if you're one of the last ones in, you're going to get burned the most. But even if you're middle of the way through, you still could get burnt pretty bad because uh, it's affecting your property as well. So might be time to sell. And if you're building an A-class property, it's tricky to know the perfect timing because it's years in the process to get that happening. Yeah, and there is never a perfect timing, but we want to we want to first of all build in areas that are very desirable. Um, so the area we're looking at building in is a very desirable area. There's a lot of reasons to believe that people are going to continue to move to that area uh, for a long period of time. Um, it's a very much improving area. It's not your traditional A class that every single person is building in, but there is some development going on. Um, and the, the neighborhood is turning to more of a B plus a 
minus type neighborhood and we can continue to see it maybe turn. So we're looking for, uh, I like neighborhoods like that, that we're seeing that uh, it went from probably C plus to now it's probably a B to transitioning even into, you know, B plus A minus soon. So that's a great uh, thing to be looking at. We also, again, you want to look at what's going on in the market, what's driving it. Is it continuing to drive or is it just over exuberance? Um, so th those are really important things to be factoring in when you're looking. And then we can always get reports and there's studies and reports that we can buy, uh, which is super important. And they look at everything on a, on a micro and macro level to help determine what our absorption rate's gonna be and all that kind of stuff. What uh, studies and reports? Uh, there, there's a lot of different reports that you can get by, by experts that just, uh, that's what they do day in and day out. They study the markets and they've got all the data. So you're just looking at data, right? You're looking at data on um, a lot of demographic data on who's moving in, um, on you know income levels, um, on different new apartments, whatever is being built, uh, other type of uh, real estate that's coming in, businesses that are coming in. Um, so it's giving you all kinds of data and stressing to see, you know, what's going on in, the, in, the, in that particular sub-market and to see if it's feasible to even build. Okay. And uh, are there any other ways that development impacts uh, A, B, and C class? Um, well, look, I mean, it, it, again, it's all about the supply and, and demand and yeah, it's, it's always, Development's always going to affect the, those classes. And it could actually bring B and C class up. So if you've got a C class building and a lot of A classes being built, that's going to be a benefit for you. And eventually you got to look at, okay, have I remodeled? Did I remodel this property while this development is going on? You know, and if you remodeled it to the, to the top and then you start seeing those higher rents coming in and then eventually now you start seeing that you're, uh, concessions are going up and your occupancy is going down. Well, again, now it might be the time to sell when the exuberance is high before it really hits the a negative. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to positively affect your, your B and C class. It's going to give you an opportunity to do a remodel, to sell it as a value add without doing the remodel, but to sell it for a higher price. Um, so it's just when it overbuilds is when you've got to, obviously a problem. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that we missed that we haven't covered yet? Uh, well, I just think people need to be aware of what's going on in the market and, and how much building is going on in their town, uh, how much building is going on in a specific sub-market and just be really aware of, of what's happening and pay attention to the building that's coming on the pipeline. And that's really important. A lot of us will look at what's already out there, but we don't look at what's coming out on the pipeline. And there's a lot of, there's a, there's resources. First of all, the city uh, oftentimes will, will have that information. Um, there's, I think it's called crane watch, cranewatch.com maybe. Um, but you can typically find that information out. Uh, in most cities of what's coming out on the pipeline. And so we can understand 
where we should should not invest uh and it can also actually help us if there's a new area that we see that oh wow there's two projects or three projects coming in this sub market and there hasn't been any development there in the last you know 15 years or 20 years or 50 years whatever it is that we can say oh hmm this might be a market I should look at because prices right now are low. And once those projects get in the ground, prices will start to creep up. And once those projects get completed, prices will probably very much go up if I'm buying an older asset. So that's also something to be looking at and paying attention to with inventory that's coming in. We're not only looking at, oh, how could this negatively affect me? We're looking at how could this positively affect me? Sure. All right. Well, I think that's about it for me. How about you for you? That's it. I don't have any more things to come out of my mouth. Other than <laughs> I, uh, I hope people to, I hope people come and sign up for the North star real estate conference. It's going to be an awesome event. Super excited. And we got information on our website, uh, the NRE conference, nreconference.com. Uh, and that's, that's it, man. Uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. The rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.